You're listening to Lloyd Spence Talking Noise on LiveSportsCaster.com. My good friend Nick Curran is joining me now. And, uh, Nick, I got to tell you this, man. Um, it's been a good week. It's been yeah, a relaxing week for me. Has it been well, that for you? It's been it's been pretty relaxing for me as well, I got to say. <laughs> I'm, I kind of like that. It was, you know, sometimes the bye week is not a bad thing. <laughs> no, it's very true. Very true. So we'll we'll take it. We we can get it right. Uh, what do you what in, in your reflections of the bye week? What are your thoughts now? You've watched this team uh, for four weeks now. What are your thoughts about this team? Are they are they as are they better than you thought they would be? Uh, the season I think is going to play out as whatever it is, you know. But are they better than you thought they would be? Yeah, I think they're right about where I thought they'd be. I mean, I thought they'd be. Uh, probably four and zero here with with a with a few lopsided wins. Um, the only thing that maybe didn't go the way I thought of the first four was um, I would have probably reversed the scores you had in the Ohio and Kentucky games and been more inclined to think that that score against Ohio would have been the score against Kentucky and mm-hmm. vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, I think we've seen the offense be what we thought it could be. The running game got off to a little bit of a slow start, but I think it's starting to come into its own. Teddy Bridgewater is Teddy Bridgewater. We knew how good he'd be. I think he's been as advertised. And I think that the defense has made strides. Maybe that was a little bit of a question mark coming into the year, but I think that most people thought it would because of the youth last year and all the experience that all the guys were able to gain and just about everybody back. So, I think the defense has, has looked good. I, I think this team is, is about where I expected it to be, and I would think that's uh, probably goes for most people at this point in the season. Definitely expected them to be four and zero right now, and they they play pretty well. Nick, do you do you see any as we look at college football coming up this weekend and beyond? Um, every year we say, well, you know, there, there's just these teams. That they just they just won't ever get a chance to, to get that opportunity to play in that national championship game. It just it's just not going to happen. But then also we see a year where there's a lot of upsets, and and they usually start to come right about this time. Do you see that happening now, where where you're going to start to see the the quote unquote dominant teams, maybe you know that mid season lull starts to set in. Yeah, I think so. Um, I I don't know. I think this year, maybe more than any over the past, I think it's been building. I think we see more and more parity in college football kind of each year. Um, I think there's more and more FCS teams that beat FBS teams. It seems like that's happening more and more with each year, and, and programs are building and, and becoming more competitive each year. And I think that, um, you know, I, I don't know that there is – an incredibly dominant team this year. I know Alabama's really good, but I think Alabama's offense has some issues, and I think we've seen that over the first few weeks. And I think they're not as, you know, um, invincible as maybe we thought they were last year and and maybe they were. Um, I think that, you know, I, I think Oregon hasn't been terribly tested yet with that incredible offense. We know it's really good. But, but I, I do think there's a little bit of some sort of a lull. I think there's such big expectations on the top teams that as you get in the middle of the season and you're playing against teams that you're supposed to beat and you have bigger games down the road, there's probably a tendency for a lot of those teams to look ahead. And I would think that would contribute to some sort of a lull and, and maybe to some upsets that we do see in the middle of the season because 
teams that are better lose just because they maybe they're uh, they're bored for lack of a better because they know what's coming and it's just not there yet and they're just trying to get through uh, these games that they're supposed to win. You know, everybody talks about you know um, the dominance of, of 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 some of these teams, but we don't really focus on that. And that I think you made a great and important point. It does. It, it is a long season. Twelve games, three months. We're really and really, it's like more like five or six. It's a long time to have to keep and maintain that high level of focus. And while you know everybody looks at Louisville's schedule and says, "Oh my God, you know it's a terrible schedule." To go undefeated is the perfect schedule. It's just kind of one of those things where you may, you know, you know, you're going to have some lulls at some point, and maybe you need a schedule like that to kind of, you know, stumble through a game where you should have dominated. Yeah, and I think um, that's a good point, and I think that their bye weeks come at perfect times. You know, yes. they play the first four, get a bye week, and then you have what the next four, and then another bye week, and then you have the four in the stretch. I, I think you have the perfect times for bye weeks. And I think kind of each little section uh, has, you know, two pretty tough games in it. And then you have a a couple that you know aren't going to be so tough. In the first section, that was Ohio and Kentucky, the tougher ones. In this section, it'll be uh, Rutgers and Central Florida. In the last section, it'll be Houston and Cincinnati. So I think that it kind of sets up well, that it's sectioned off well. And I think it is uh, maybe a little tougher than some people have given it credit for throughout the year. But I think it, like you said, it sets up nicely, and I think those bye weeks are really nice to break it up and give everyone a chance to get healthy and kind of, you know, refocused. I think it's a lot harder to come out and get upset by a team because you lost focus when you're coming in after a bye week when all you're doing is focusing on football. You were at the game Saturday, and 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 you got a chance to see. Did did it feel like they were running the score up? No, I mean I, I didn't really think so. I, I think that. Um, you know, FIU is just really bad, and I think that the running game got going, and that's going to be a problem when um, w- when you're trying to just run the ball. If you're running it for 10 yards every time, it's going to look like you're running up the score. I think that there was a little bit of that. You know, I, I think in the first half, you're not going to pull back the reins at all in any game just because it is the first half and you've got to keep going. I didn't think they really ran up the score. I, I just really think that FIU is that bad, and, and Louisville – is, is good enough to hang 70 on a team like that without having to really try too hard. And, you know, to be perfectly honest, the offense got off to a little bit of a, a slow start, given that it eventually scored 72 points. You had, a, you know, held to a field goal early on in the game. And, mm-hmm. and so, I, you know, I don't think they ran it up. It was, it was one of those things where it didn't feel like they were, they were putting 72 on the board. You just kind of looked at the scoreboard, and all of a sudden it was 50-something, then 60-something, then 72. Right. It didn't really feel like they were piling on too much. It just seems sort of like a gradual thing that, that happened over the course of the game. Uh, let's switch gears for just a second. Nick and I are both avid golf fans. Do you have any problem with Tiger Woods being the golf, the uh, PGA golfer of the year? No, he won five times, and nobody else won more than twice. So, I mean, he didn't win the FedEx Cup, but he finished second. I just think that, you know, you you have to, you know, I don't have a problem with it. When you win five times, that's what people forget is, you know, it's an awful season for Tiger because he didn't win a major, but he, he seemed to be right there in just about all the majors, and he did end up with five wins on the on the schedule. So I think that, uh, I think it's very, very much justified when you win five times and nobody else won more than twice. 
is 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 Tiger in that rare company where you you only have a few people, maybe even in the history of sports, where you could say a Muhammad Ali, a Michael Jordan, a a uh, a Magic Johnson, guys that win a lot. If they don't win it all, then it's it's not a good season. Is he in that rare company where he's just a victim of his own success? Yeah, I mean, I think he is a little bit, and then we've seen that as he's gone on this drought in the majors. That's what I mean, and he brought it on himself. That's what he kind of judges career by coming in, and so that's what everyone else is. That's the standard everyone else is set for him. And when he doesn't get there, I think there is a little bit of that. You know, well, what's wrong? But it's important to keep in perspective that he did win five times against some pretty good fields, and and um, I just you know a PGA Tour Player of the Year award, nothing to nothing to scoff at, but. He's definitely on that level. I think he's definitely on that Jordan kind of Ali, uh, you know, Jack Nicklaus, those types of levels where you just yeah. expect them to perform at their highest every single time out, no matter what. Uh, we've been talking about this all week. It's been kind of the running joke of the week. You know, the NBA is floating around uh, the idea of putting nicknames on the back of the jerseys. Oh, man. Nick, what would be your jersey, your NBA nickname jersey name if you had one? That's a tough. That's a tough question. It'd be something, something slow, um, <laughs> slow. and bogged down. Probably like sloth or something sloth. like that. That's probably what my name would be. Oh it would not goodness. be. It would not be a name that made you think this guy's fast or or coordinated. Um, <laughs> just just anything that maybe maybe just straight up uncoordinated. Maybe you could just put that on the back of the uniform. I, I don't know. This is going to get really interesting. Are they? I mean. Is the NBA going to dictate to these guys what they can put on there, or are they going to be free to put what they want? Because well, that can get really interesting. Well, I agree, and 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 here's the thing that would be that's kind of been the running joke around around here is you know what would the, what does that game sound like? You're a play by play guy, so are you are you <laughs> looking forward to calling the game where Pookie passes to Sunshine and Sunshine passes to Spanish Fly? I mean, are you are you prepared to call that game? I don't think anybody I don't think the world's ready for that. I heard uh, a national radio host do a good skit about that earlier in the week and it was pretty hilarious just 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 him doing it. I I don't know. It it would get it would get nuts. I think you know maybe it could be opening Pandora's box. Maybe that's what we'll hear from now on. You know, skip to my Lou over to whatever. I don't yeah. even know. The, the nicknames just scare me. There's going to be some scary ones out there. Yeah, I mean, are, someone's got to go. He hate me and go all uh, XFL, right? <laughs> right, right. I I just think it, it it's going to end bad. That's the biggest thing. <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause, oh. I just think there's no way it does it in bad. I agree with you on that. Brilliant marketing, though. Oh uh, well, I mean, if you're selling those jerseys, I'm okay with it. Like if you're selling it in, on online or in the in the in the uh, store, you know, the store at the at the uh, Coliseum or whatever, I, that I'm okay with that. Oh, they're selling them. Don't you worry. They're yeah. gonna be selling. Them. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Um, you're not. Are you, I've never asked you this. Are you a Breaking Bad fan? Are you a big fan of the show or? I have never seen an episode. Actually. Okay, I've okay. Heard I've heard it's an incredible show, but I, uh, and I know everyone's getting pumped about this weekend, and that's all out there on Twitter. But I, uh, I spend my Sunday nights watching Bar Rescue. So uh, Bar <laughs> Rescue, that's an interesting show too. I'm a big Bar Rescue guy. I mean, I, I usually DVR. I watch the football, mm-hmm. and if it gets out of hand on Sunday nights, then it's Bar Rescue. But I'm a, I'm a big Bar Rescue guy, and that's where. Uh, 
I think that's where I miss the Breaking Bad is, is with Bar Rescue. That guy's mean, though. I mean, he's like he never goes into a bar and gives you cordial advice. It's always you suck, no. get it together, and your your bar sucks, your bartenders suck, your your, your service, everything sucks. Well, yeah. I think it's important to remember that when you watch, uh, he's pretty accurate with that assessment most of the time. He's telling them their bar sucks because it, in fact, sucks. <laughs> yes, um, exactly. I, I think that, you know, it, it is fun to watch. It's fun when they, you know, these people invite him in to turn around because they're just losing, hemorrhaging money, and then he comes in and he's like, hey, this is how you're going to make money, and then people still push back. That's, yeah. what's the, that's the best part. It's like you asked him, but you still are upset what he's telling you what's wrong and what you can do to fix it. That's that's the most fascinating part of the show, and I, I enjoy it. I like when he yells. That's the best part. I mean, that is that's good TV. Well, you know, it's interesting. I Normally, he gets a little bit of pushback in, in trying to renovate someone's bar, but the guy on, like, Restaurant Impossible, the big, huge guy that comes in and renovates the restaurants or Restaurant Impossible, never gets pushback. Never. Not one. Like, there's one guy that did it. He's a big it. dude. He is a huge man. So I'm saying the guy on Bar Rescue, if he could get a physique like that guy, he won't get any pushback. It's like me taking on Mark Henry. By the way, I don't know if you knew this, Jason, but the guy, or or Nick, but the guy on Restaurant Possible is married to the rest of Gail Kim. Yeah. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Did he outkick his coverage? They're a, they're a very fit family, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, that's a family that will drop a hammer on you in a heartbeat. They you don't want to mess with them. Yeah, no, no. I mean, that's why. But maybe that's why people don't give him any pushback on Restaurant Impossible. He threatens to bring in his wife. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I completely agree with that. Nick, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate it. Appreciate you, appreciate you man. Nick Curran, always... I call him, you know what? I think his nickname should be the future voice because he is the future of all things sports in this city. The future, future Nick. voice. Future Nick. Future Nick sounds like um, he should be on that. What's that What's that cartoon show? Nickelodeon? No. Oh, stop it. No. We'll think about what it is when we come back. I'll, I'll drop it and come back. You've been listening to Lloyd Spence talking noise on LiveSportsCaster.com.